Welcome to This Week in Surgery Centers. If you're in the ASC industry, then you're in the right place. Every week, we'll start the episode off by sharing an interesting conversation we had with our featured guest. And then we'll close the episode by recapping the latest news impacting surgery centers. We're excited to share with you what we have. So let's get started and see what the industry's been up to. Hi, everyone. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. This week, we're joined by Elisa Alberto Widowson. Elisa is the Director of Nursing at Man Cataract Surgery Center, and she's here to talk to us about bridging the gap with nursing informatics. As technology's role in healthcare continues to expand, so too will the role of nursing informatics. So this is a really interesting and timely topic, and not one that a lot of people are talking about, but really should be. In our news recap, we'll cover what's going on with Kaiser and the California Nurses Association, the latest updates on the No Surprises Act, medical terms that are baffling patients, and of course, end the new segment with a positive story about a nurse who saved a man's life during a flight. Hope everyone enjoys the episode, and here's what's going on this week in surgery centers. All right. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Rafaela Kinspi, here at This Week in Surgery Centers. We've got a fantastic episode this week that I have had on my calendar circled and just super pumped about. Um, this week, I am joined by Elisa Alberto Widowson. She is the Director of Nursing at the Man Cataract Surgery Center in Houston, Texas. And this week, we're going to be talking about bridging the gap with nursing infomatics. So I think this is a really exciting topic, an area that I uh, personally don't have a ton of knowledge on. So I think it'll be exciting to kind of learn here, talk about this topic. And I think, uh, you know, all of our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this one. So Elisa, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I appreciate you you coming on the on the podcast. You're welcome. My pleasure. So for anyone who doesn't know a ton about you, um, can you just you know share with our guests just a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, maybe what you guys are doing for the holidays? Um, I think they'd all love to get to know you. Yeah. Um, so my name is Elisa Alberto Widows. Um, I am a registered nurse currently serving as the director of nursing at Man Cataract Surgery Center in Humble, Texas. Um, I have two kids, one girl, one boy. Um, oh. I just got married actually three years ago, and he's from United Kingdom, and hence the last name Widowson. There you go. My, my <laughs> name, so I had to keep it. Um, I am currently in graduate school to obtain my nursing administration degree. Um, I love everything about patient care and promoting patient safety. As far as the holidays, we are planning to go to Universal Studios. Awesome. That's super exciting. Well. But Congrats on on one, you know, being in grad school and all the your professional success there as well, and also on your family. That's fantastic. Um, Universal Studios is a good time, so I think y'all y'all have a lot of fun there. Absolutely, yes. Yep, yeah, and I appreciate you. Know, I'm I'm actually I'm from Houston, um, and I love that you you clarified there on the Houston versus versus humble piece because I do think that happens a lot where everyone kind of categorizes all of the cities and kind of areas that are kind of tangential to Houston, so kind of pulls them all together. But yeah. I think it's good. That's that's how I know you're you're truly truly from uh, from Texas when you you're able to kind of give everyone the clarification there. So love it. <laughs> 
All right. Well, jumping in, you know, we've got an exciting topic today and I, I want to dive in there. But, um, you know, when it comes to the surgery center that you're with, you're with the Man um, Cataract Surgery Center. Would it be correct to assume you guys are an ophthalmology center? Yes, we are. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and for anyone who's not familiar with um, with man, with the Man Cataract Surgery Center, um, anything you want to share about the surgery center before we, we get started? Sure. Um, it's free marketing. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Man I, for those who do not know, we it was founded in 1977. Um, Dr. Mike Mann, who was the founder of our healthcare organization, um, always had a vision for innovation and advancements in technology. Um, obviously to promote optimal care for our patients. I mean, that's always been his niche. Okay. Yeah. Um, our specialty is ophthalmology and we have several board certified surgeons who perform different ophthalmology cases from cataract, glaucoma, and ocul oculoplastic surgeries. Um, and on average, we average about 660 cases um, between our two ASC locations monthly. Awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. So, you know, kind of now that we have a sense of your background a little bit on, um, you know, the surgery center that you're with, jumping into the topic today on, you know, just that nursing um, informatics, I feel like that's an area that, you know, the name makes sense. Um, but in terms of if someone asked me to describe it, I probably wouldn't be able to, to give a, an accurate description there. So I imagine some of our listeners uh, might have a similar gap on their knowledge of it. So if you were given a quick overview on just, you know, what nursing informatics is, you know, how, how would you describe that um, in, in kind of a, a brief sense? Yeah, it's funny you said that. I asked my sister, who's also a nurse, she's a travel nurse, and I asked hmm. her, you know, um, how would you define nursing informatics? She's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and she's been a nurse for 14 years. So, but nursing informatics is basically, it's integrating the use of data and healthcare technology to um, help with enhancing patient outcomes, reducing mm. uh, medical errors, and also it also provides um, efficient results in clinical procedures, you know, for yeah. patients and the nursing staff. Um, basically, it's like with EMR systems, even yeah. just blood pressure machines, EKG machines, those have made, um, those are some examples big, that made the biggest impact in, yep. in our surgery center, to be honest. Um, and to me, nursing informatics is improving the patient care and patient <laughs> safety overall. That makes sense. That makes sense. Kind of, you know, the elements you mentioned there in terms of kind of the, the that clinical data and how that is is leveraged to kind of inform that makes makes a lot of sense around improving the patient care. You know, when I think about that, there's a lot of industries and in many senses in particular with healthcare that are becoming more informed with data and kind of um, leveraging that information to improve their processes, their systems, the way that they drive value for their customers. And in the case of healthcare, you know, our patients, you know, do you feel like this is a concept that's kind of relatively new in terms of, you know, the nursing side of it? Um, as far as nursing informatics, I would actually say yes and no, um, only because the advancement in technology and healthcare um, has taken a leap, I would say, since the 1980s, right? Mm, yep. um, slowly, like the advancement just slowly has progressed. However, nursing and the field of nursing informatics itself, I would say, yes, it's a fairly new concept. Yeah. 
Um, but it's definitely gaining a lot more attention now. Yeah. I think it's important that this should be part of um, the nursing education, whether you're an associate degree of, you know, nursing, I'm sorry, associate degree of nursing or bachelor's or master's. I think from the get-go, I think that's something that needs to be taught because of the advancement of technology in healthcare. That makes sense. So, yeah. but yes, to answer your question, it is a fairly new um, concept. No, that makes sense. I, I feel like I could probably have an entire podcast episode you know, on the um, on that kind of education side of it in terms of um, you know things like that that should be included at every level of, of education across nursing. So that that's a great call out there, and, and it makes a ton of sense to me. So you know, as I think about what that means and how that translates for our listeners, you know, we have lots of listeners that are at surgery centers across the country, and um, I'm I'm hopeful we're getting. You know, I've seen some of our international stats. We got a couple of listeners from outside the country. So, um, you know, a lot of people working at surgery centers in different places. And if, you know, they were kind of taking an approach to this, it seems like something where if you're using any technology in your surgery center, whether that's uh, an EMR, an EKG, or even a blood pressure machine, there's probably lots of data and information um, that would impact how you are treating your patients. And, you know, if I'm one of our listeners right now who's kind of hearing this and thinking, okay, this is probably important for me, what is kind of, what's my starting point on this? How do I start taking an approach on nursing uh, informatics in, in my surgery center? Right. To me, I would say when you're selecting um, any type of equipment, whether it's a new EMR system, a new EKG machine or blood pressure machine, it is vital that you involve um, the staff members who's going to be using the, the equipment or the system yep. and the decision making because after all is said and done, they will be the ones who's going to be using this on a daily basis with the patient, right? Yep. Um, another thing is making sure that the interface is user-friendly. Yep. Um, that's very crucial in my own, in my opinion. Um, it's also to ensure the safety of the patients. Yeah. Um, training is also vital, making sure that once you get a new system um, in place in your surgery center, make sure that your, your staff members are properly trained. And if they're not, then spend the time training your, your staff members, especially yeah. um, not to call anybody out, to be honest, but the, the baby boomers, the different generation, you got no. the millennials who's so good in computers and you got the baby boomers who's been a nurse for God knows 20, 30 years and they yep. get an EMR system and they're going, what the heck? I want to go buy paper. Yeah. You know? So um, if, especially within a surgery center, efficiency is such a big thing. Yeah. So um, having said that, we always want to put the safety of the patients. Yeah. And efficiency is second. So um, that's that. that. That makes sense. And I, I want to dive in a little bit on some of the things you mentioned there between um, two two key things I think you called out there. Um, one, you mentioned, you know, that kind of difference between um, paper versus a, an, an EMR there. And, you know, this is still a factor in both scenarios. Do you feel like the approach when it comes to kind of having that data and the, the information on this, do you feel like there's a gap between centers that might be on paper versus centers that are on EMRs and kind of their approach to nursing informatics? I believe so. And I notice it every day. Yeah. Um, I think nursing is both an art, right? And yep. 
it's an art and science. Yeah. Okay? Um, one cannot exist with the other. Having said that, with the advancement of technology in healthcare, whether which recently we just had a new EMR system, and I see my nurses just focusing on 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 the computer yeah. and losing that eye contact with the patients is losing that um, <clears throat> of caring, so to speak. Yeah. So I think nurses get they get lost um, in transition in a way because yeah. um, they've been so used to with with the paper, you know, paper yeah. charts. Um, and then now you implement this new system. Now they're they just don't know what to do, and they just want to make sure they're documenting properly. They're getting the patients ready for surgery and forgetting that care aspect of the patient. So I think yeah. that's one thing that I would like to reiterate that make sure that you're looking at your patient when you're, when you're assessing the patient, stop yeah. looking at your computer, you know, even intermittent, just, just have that eye contact with that patient. Um, yeah. Even the sense of touch, if it's, if it's all right with that patient, you know, yeah. make sure that you're showing them that you do care and they're just not a number. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. And it kind of feeds into what you mentioned before around the training aspect as well. I feel like that balance there of one, obviously leveraging the technology, but two, that, you know, kind of that bedside manner and engagement with the patient. Do you feel like the kind of to what you were mentioning before around training, do you feel like that's a factor in the way that um, kind of nurses approach not only the data that they're going to leverage from the technology, but also how they interact with patients? I believe so. I think it's also important that they do not lose their core values yeah. with taking care of patients, with integrating all this advancement in technology. Um, and again, it's that caring, you know, that caring aspect of yeah. um, nursing. Um, uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I feel like there's so much of it that's based on the nurses, obviously having a, a, a deep concern and care for their for their patients. So that makes a ton of sense to me. You know, as I kind of think about that, you know, and also just thinking about how technology's role in healthcare kind of continues to expand and, and, and evolve, you know, and I feel like on a similar parallel to that, the role of nurses and kind of the nursing informatics piece of it um, evolves uh, in a very similar way. You know, for our listeners, can you kind of share an example of how um, you've used your knowledge um, to kind of bridge some of the gap there between the new technology that's coming in and kind of the science and, and approach of, of nursing? Um, just like what I've mentioned, um, nursing is both art and science, and that's something I have learned all throughout my nursing career. Um, it is important for a nurse to have a sense of emotional intelligence. Yeah treating a patient um, and that's something that they do not teach in nursing school unfortunately <laughs> that's something you well. have to learn even growing up it's something that my parents bestowed upon me growing up you know uh, yeah. from the Philippines born born and raised awesome. um, that's something that my parents instilled in me you know respect caring and even if I didn't become a nurse, that's something that was in me. And, and that's something that I incorporate when I'm treating and um, taking care of my patients. And as far as a nurse, nursing leader, I try to bridge the gap by training those, those staff members that are needing um, the training or, or 
or someone that needs um, education on emotional intelligence. And that's something that's very, very difficult to fix because that's like someone's personality. But, (laughs) you know, no, that that makes sense, though. But, you know, it's you learn in time. Yeah. On experience. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think both to that point around the emotional intelligence and that just kind of over time with the experience, it, it's in its ways that you kind of will will get there. And I agree with you. Emotional intelligence is such a, a huge factor and not only kind of, you know, nursing, but really in any professional environment, I think the the way that we handle, um, you know, our engagement with other people and kind of the impact that it has on on our business, but also on on obviously the lives that we're engaging with, and especially in healthcare, um, it's it's super critical. So so that makes sense to me. Awesome. So, you know, I feel like we've hit a number of really good topics. And I'm excited for some of the different kind of nuggets and clips that we're going to take from this because, you know, with all of our episodes, we always kind of take these clips and there's, you know, the whole episode, but there's some of these really exciting parts. And I feel like we've got some really good stuff here that, um, you know, people will be playing back over and over. But with all of our episodes, you know, there's something that we do every week with our guests and we ask our guests, what is one thing our listeners can do this week? that they can do to improve their surgery center. So I'd love to get your thoughts there. I would say in any surgery center, a great surgery team is what makes an ASC successful. Mm. My advice is leaders, you must show your appreciation to your staff. Because happy staff means happy patients and it it all translates to increased patient satisfaction and better outcomes awesome i love that i love that uh being kind of focused on on you know treating your staff the right way and that impact on on the patients makes a ton of sense there you can have all the tools in the world but at the end of the day it's it's the staff members the team itself is what makes it what makes it work awesome love it well, Elisa, this has been a fantastic episode. We've got some great nuggets here for our listeners, some gems that they'll be able to take back to their surgery center this week. Um, you know, for anyone who wants to reach out, get a hold of you or, or contact you, is there any, um, any way that people can get in contact with you if they have more questions about nursing informatics or um, any other things like that that they want to learn from you? Absolutely. They could um, email me. Um... It's ealberto at maneye.com, A-M-A-N-N-E-Y-E.com. Awesome. We'll have to have our producers put those links in the in the podcast description so that people can can quickly email you. That's great. I appreciate this so much. Um, you know, thank you for coming on the pod. And, um, you know, we look forward to hopefully having you back on. All right. Thank you, Ralph. All right. Thanks. Bye. As always, it has been a busy week in healthcare, so let's jump right in. First and foremost, we have to talk about what's going on with Kaiser Permanente nurses in the state of California. So to set the scene, the California Nurses Association is a union that represents about 22,000 nurses across 22 different Kaiser facilities. In June, negotiations began between the California Nurses Association and Kaiser in an effort to avoid what would have been the biggest private sector nurses strike in American history. Thankfully, on Monday, December 5th, after months of negotiations, the union announced that its nurses voted to ratify a new four-year contract and the strike would officially be called off. 
So what is in this new four-year contract? This article from MedCity News sums it up nicely. 2,000 new positions in Northern California, a 22.5% wage increase over the next four years, increased tuition reimbursement for nurses continuing education, a guaranteed three-month stockpile of personal protective equipment, scaled workplace violence prevention plans, and lastly, a promise to eliminate racial and ethnic disparities in patient outcomes, promote culturally competent care delivery, and expand the diversity of its workforce. So, there's a ton of stuff in there that is is groundbreaking, but obviously this is a huge win for the nurses union, but also for patients in California uh, and the quality of care that they're receiving. These ratifications will allow nurses to work more safely and under better conditions, which will ultimately improve their experience and outcomes. In our second story, CMS delayed the enforcement of good faith estimates stemming from the No Surprises Act. So, just a quick reminder as to where we are today. Um, Per the No Surprises Act, as of January 1st, 2022, providers, which includes ASCs, are required to notify uninsured and self-pay patients of their ability to request a good faith estimate of expected charges and deliver it to the patient upon their request. So, and even though the good faith estimates will ultimately be expected to include charges from ancillary providers involved in the procedure. CMS delayed enforcement of those charges from co-providers and co-facilities for 2022, and the enforcement was expected to begin on January 1st, 2023, just a couple weeks away. Um, But CMS has actually now extended that date uh, in the enforcement of that indefinitely. So even though the enforcement is not happening just yet, it absolutely will come eventually. This is one of those things where waiting for the federal requirement is not the recommended approach. Um, I know there's been a lot of questions, concerns, even lawsuits around the No Surprises Act, but um, patients are becoming more familiar with it and they are becoming more vocal when it comes to their rights and what they consider fair and wanting to know exactly what they owe. best they can prior to having their procedure done. Um, So you will still absolutely want to get ahead of what's coming down the pike, especially if it's something that's in your patient's best interest. And if done correctly, will help surgery centers get paid faster as well. So um, just know that right now it's suspended indefinitely and we will be providing updates um, as soon as there is something to share. In our third story from NBC News, Dr. Michael Pitt is a program director and professor at the University of Minnesota, and he recently polled 215 non-medical folks on common words and phrases that mean something different in the medical world than they do in day-to-day conversation. Um, I thought his findings were really eye-opening and just wanted to share what he had found. Um, To start, he found that patients were getting confused by with the terminology of negative and positive. So for example, the fact that a negative cancer test is actually a good thing and a positive cancer test is actually a bad thing can be confusing for patients. Um, using those those simple terms can kind of trip people up. Um, 
Another example he shared is when you have a chest x-ray done and the doctor tells you that it was very impressive, uh, 79% of those polled said that they would assume that an impressive chest x-ray is a good thing, but in fact, it means the doctor has something that that he's worried, he or she is worried about. Um, other examples were describing a tumor as progressive or telling a patient that we're going to put you to sleep, which is a saying most have uh, only come across at the end of their pet's lives, unfortunately. Um, so simple terms like that um, can be misconstrued by patients. Um, and lastly, he said the term most surveys were confused about was occult. Those surveys thought it was related to witchcraft or meant something demonic when it actually does not in the medical world. So first, I thought these data points were interesting in general, but also just a reminder to remember that speaking clearly with patients is so important and even simple words like the one shared and not even the complicated medical terms can still leave patients feeling confused and maybe more stressed than they have to be. And to end our new segment on a positive note, in a story shared by the Daily Nurse, Cassandra Josie and an unnamed doctor helped save a passenger's life in the middle of a flight. The flight attendants asked if there were any medical personnel on board, so a doctor jumped up and accepted Cassandra's offer for help after she shared that she was a nurse. Uh, The passenger was unresponsive, and despite a tight aisle, no tourniquet, and turbulence, she was able to start an IV and provide much-needed fluid. So thanks to Cassandra and the doctor, the man is now awake and stable. And that news story officially wraps up this week's podcast. Thank you, as always, for spending a few minutes of your week with us. Make sure to subscribe or leave a review on whichever platform you're listening from. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you again next week. Peace, so long.